Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. In this edition of Hoopsology, we chat with Stocks and Kings color analyst and the co-host of the Deuce and Mo podcast, Morgan Reagan. The Sacramento Kings don't get a lot of love from the NBA fans, but Reagan talks about why fans should pay attention to the Kings this year. Reagan also talks about the expectations for De'Aaron Fox. We discuss Davion Mitchell, the Kings rookie. We talk some Ben Simmons and a lot more. This is a fun chat, so enjoy this discussion with Morgan Reagan about the Sacramento Kings. She is the Stocks and Kings color analyst, and she's the co-host of the Deuce and Mo podcast. We welcome Morgan Reagan onto Hoopsology. How's it going, Morgan? Hey, it's going wonderful. How are you? Doing great, and thanks for coming on to the show. Really appreciate it. And I wanted to have you on because I, on our podcast, we like to give love to all the teams, not just like the ones that's in the headlines all the time. And you and your co-host do provide a lot of great analysis on the Sacramento Kings. So I just want to kind of get kind of your impressions on where you think the Kings are going to perform this season. Last season, there are 31 and um, 41 in the Western Conference. What's kind of your, your insight about this team now? There's this new element of the play-in tournament kind of give you more hope in terms of their expectations for this season what do you what do you expect from the team this season yeah and first let me say you're so smart for digging deeper into the different markets that don't get a lot of national love because there's a lot of losing in those markets or at least in the sacramento market so it's nice when someone actually wants to hear about it so thank you so much um and yeah i think I, but this is the cool thing too, Justin, is that I do think that you're going to hear a little bit more about the Kings, even throughout the national media this year. I could be a little bit optimistic because of what I'm seeing through two preseason games. Again, preseason, I will preface it preseason, but I, I really think De'Aaron Fox, who you probably know a lot of people talk about him a little bit more on that national level. And if they start getting more of those wins, they will be talking about him. And then if they get in that play-in game, he will be talked about as the one that helped lead them to that play-in game. So, you know, I'm as of today, after a second preseason game, um, I'm optimistic toward the preseason or toward the play-in game. Not so much like, oh, hey, they're just going to make the playoffs. It's like a play-in game. I know our standards are low here in Sacramento. It's been mm-hmm. 15 years, so you can you can see why. But I really do think the play-in game is something that is realistic for them. And I think when you look at the Western Conference and you're seeing some of these teams like even the Spurs could possibly drop in um, where the Pelicans going to be, you know, with everything that's going on there. I don't think, I think some people are getting a little extreme when they talk about like the Clippers are going to have a huge drop off. Like they still have one of the, the top elite scores in basketball on their squad, even with Kawhi Leonard sitting down, you know? So, so I think for the Kings, it's really going to depend on how bad some of those teams are. Plus, their roster 
it, there's improvement to it, but I can't sit here today and act like, oh yeah, they made so many moves. It's such an improved roster. I just think there's guys like De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, who was a rookie last year, who are actually going, you're going to see a little leap from them, but then they also did well in this last draft with Davion Mitchell. So what do you make of um, De'Aaron Fox? Because you have all these like rookies kind of rising at the same time. You saw Trey Young, Devin Booker really, you know, take on that national spotlight. Do you think De'Aaron Fox is kind of that next one to kind of, you know, hop into kind of that national spotlight? If, you know, what you mentioned holds to be true in terms of them making um, a little bit of a playoff run. Yeah, it's that's what it's really going to depend on because I get to watch De'Aaron Fox every single what it feels like every single night during an NBA season and then once that once I'm not watching the Kings every night I'm still watching these other NBA players play on those off nights and then because the Kings haven't made the playoffs in 15 years I'm always watching the postseason you know stud players and the Trey Youngs those guys that you're talking about so I get to see all of those skill levels and De'Aaron Fox is already there. He really, truly is. It's more, it's it's more of the little things, and then the biggest thing is winning. If they could win, he would be in that conversation right now. And and, and it's awful because it's a team sport. But then people yeah. want to go to blaming the one and only, you know, close to being an All Star player. That like, well, if he can't get them there, then he's not good enough. You can't put all the blame on him. You can't when there hasn't been sustainability in sure. this in this franchise for so long so i think his name will be more in that conversation though this year because he's also added a lot more confidence in his shot which now he's becoming that shooting threat also being super explosive as one of the fastest guards in this league but he also added on like almost 10 pounds so oh, wow. it, yeah it's gonna help him when he's at the rack trying to finish even though he's one of the best finishers even last year it's still going to just, he's going to benefit from it so much more. And I think he's understanding how much he has to be here for this team every single minute on the floor. And you also talked about Davion Mitchell. And not only was he mentioned by De'Aaron Fox in terms of being a you know top defender in the league, but I saw a little bit of um, his training video. I think it was for either summer league or for the draft. I'm not sure which, but he just seems like a different dude. And we'll talk about Ben Simmons later, but just the way he just talks about the game, talks about like not paying attention to social media, just about how he, you know, discusses taking care of his body, not putting like, you know, junk food in there. And he just seems like a professional being a rookie. That really stands out to me in terms of him having long-term success in the league and even though I looked at that, the rookie of the year odds, he's kind of in the middle, not like at the top in terms of figuring into that discussion. But I think he's going to be like a standout for years to come. What do you think of Mitchell's progress? I know it's it's only two preseason games, but what do you make of him so far? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think we were all curious after. I think everyone in Sacramento was surprised when he was drafted. You sure. know, he wasn't on a lot of people's uh, mock draft boards and everything. But then once everyone experienced summer league with him. It was, oh, he is like, he was one of the best players in summer league. He was the real deal. Okay, this is great. Then again, only two preseason games in. Sure. But seeing even last night when they played the Los Angeles Clippers, he had to take on uh, Paul George at the, at the end of the first quarter. And I know this is one defensive possession, but he not only stayed in front of him, he disrupted his 
Paul George's shot, an elite scorer in this league, and he had to shoot an awful shot because of Davion Mitchell's defense. I'm not acting like that's going to happen to every single elite player in this league, but it shows in what he's shown from summer league to even these two preseason games, like he's defensively NBA ready. And there's no, like you, it doesn't matter that even De'Aaron Fox is saying that, like he's his teammate. Sure. But De'Aaron's not one to just say things to say things like he's a very blunt and honest guy. So him saying that is great, but hello, basketball fans, just use your eyeballs and it's the eye test. He is defensively NBA ready. Um, I want to talk to you about Ben Simmons and an article that I saw on ESPN. It's kind of surprised me in terms of where Ben Simmons is going to land when the season starts and Sacramento was tied for second. <laughs> which Ooh. surprised me at 15%. And the Sixers were first at 45. Then the Trailblazers, the Kings, Wolves, Bulls. Surprisingly, that's my team. Um, the Magic and the Pelicans rounding up the top um, five there. So what do you make of Ben Simmons? It seems to be a very polarizing subject in terms of his potential. Do you see him as a fit if he if somehow you know the Kings were interested in his services? Or do you, do you are you monitoring his behavior as not really reflecting in terms reflecting positively um on his trade value i'm i'm huge on the mentality of players the behavior the um personality like i i there is something that especially when you're at that caliber of player where you're um should have been defensive player of the year last year an all-star like you have contributed so much to this game already and he's what turning 25 years old like Still young, has no shot, elite defender, uh, really good playmaker. You know, there's there's things that he does, his unique body size. There's so many good things about him. So I try to not, when people talk about his mentality, now, n- not talking about his confidence in shooting. Let's, let's stop there. I think there's just been some rumors of like his work ethic and what kind of person he really is. And I think if we just listened to all those rumors, then we'd be doing a disservice to ourselves, right? Like, I think he can still be this uh, extremely good player in this league. And I think he could help any team in this league. It, It has to be the right franchise with him. It has to be the right organization with him and I could name some right now, but they're not going to, it's not going to be it. The warriors, the Miami heat, like those type of cultures would, he would benefit from and he would, it would elevate his game, but I don't see that happening. So let's say now, again, I don't think the Sacramento Kings, I don't know if there's going to be anything there. It would have to be for the right deal. And I don't think the Kings are even looking to sure. trade Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, or uh, Davion Mitchell. And I think if you are Daryl Morey and the Sixers, those are kind of the players that you're like, well, Ben Simmons is that caliber of player, so that's what we want. But his stock has also gone way down because now the Sixers are getting in that desperate mode. Or so a lot of teams are going to look at this as like a desperate mode because you're going to have to find him. You're going to piss off a lot of people, his agent and Rich Paul. Like there's a lot of relationship stuff that goes into this behind the scenes that some people don't even look at. But yeah, I think ultimately Ben Simmons will do well. 
on another team in the NBA. I don't know where exactly that's going to be, but he still has a lot left in him. He's only 25 years old. So I think it's so dumb when people get just dump all over him. Like you have to understand the growth of these young men and how they evolve as players. And he may never be a confident shooter, but he does need to make sure he starts getting, he, he adds a shot to his game. I get it. I, I guess my issue with him, and I think it was, I forgot who it was. I think it was either Shaq or Charles. One of them said, like, when you're a guard and just from the free throw line, when like Shaquille O'Neal has a better free throw percentage than you do, like, it's just, I don't, I, it's just, it's hard. It's really hard to kind of get behind that. At the same time, I do understand what you're saying in terms of prioritizing his skill set to the right team. And yeah. I think it's one of those things where I don't like the LeBron James comparisons is dumping all this hype on him when he's not that just appreciate his values as a top defender and yeah. explosive athlete. And I think he can be a massive asset on a really good team. And I just, where you lose me is when you make the superstar comparisons to him. That's when I just kind of tune out. I, um, but I'm if you're totally with you, yeah, I just, I just, think that as long as his values appreciated and he's on a team that he can find good mentors and in a less of a toxic environment than Philadelphia, I think he can thrive. But I just think right now it's the way he's looking from a PR standpoint. I, I just don't think it's helping his case, but I think this could change on a different team though. It, it could, it could. And, and I, I, yeah, that's, that's all I want to hear from like basketball people is that they're, that they leave room to be hopeful that there can that something can be changed with him and his game. It's not like we're gonna act like, oh yeah, no, he can become he can still be a LeBron James in this league or one of these, <laughs> you know, top player. And again, his resume is impressive. I do sometimes think sometimes a resume can be overrated depending on what Western and Eastern conference you're in and you know what other players you're going up against to become an all-star and all these different things. But yes. He is an all-star. He is an elite defender and people need to stop overlooking that. Now, if he was a bad dude off the court and like had a really bad attitude and all these, you know, bad things were happening with him, that's a different story there. That's a distraction of its own, but with, he seems like a good kid and that just needs some good mentors and coaches around him. What do you? What's your excitement level coming into this season? Um, I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I feel like most teams in the league at least have at least one superstar, at least some hope in terms of making some noise either in the playoff tournament or you know going further in the playoffs. But there seems to be some I don't know doom and gloom in terms of this. People assuming this could be the Nets and Lakers in the finals, and I just I, don't feel that way. Just yeah. look at last season. I mean. I feel way more optimistic. So I just don't know. I understand with the Lakers, I understand you know, for casual fans, six Hall of Famers, the Nets with their roster and just, you know, feeling like the rest of the league doesn't matter. But I think there's so many great storylines coming into this league, not to mention the anniversary. Um, I think there's a lot of excitement, you know, happening. What, what's your impression? What are your listeners and viewers telling you in terms of what they're watching? Are they just, are they kind of like, hey, you know, is this going to be the Nets and Lakers? Or is there real excitement that's happening with, with Hoops fans coming into this season? I I think people are just as excited. I, you know, like I, I'm trying to think of like the biggest, the biggest offseason changes, you know, Westbrook going to the Lakers and how the Lakers were trying to stack up their team and everything. Like that was a big storyline. 
But I also think basketball fans are going to be excited that you can go back and really watch in person. I know that was happening toward the end of last season and especially in the playoffs, but just that normalcy again is going to feel good. And then again, look at last year, you mentioned it, the bucks, the Suns. no one predicted that before the season. And I loved it. If you are a true Hooper, like you love that kind of stuff. If you're a casual fan, you're like, man, I just want to watch LeBron or I just want to watch, you know, Kawhi or these, you know, top KD, whoever the top players in the league, but we saw some really, really good playoff basketball, some a really good finals. That was a lot of fun basketball at the end of that season. And I think it's going to carry its way into this season. Um, there's still a lot of drama, especially when it you talk about someone like Dame Lillard and what is happening there in Portland. So I think though some of those things get you a little down because you're like, damn, I really like Dame and I really want it to work out in this smaller market, but you also have to get it. Like this guy is a is a stud, is an elite player and wants to contend for a championship. So I think some of those storylines um are gonna get a few people down, but besides that, like uh, I know I'm really excited for this season. <laughs> you brought up Damian Lillard, and he, he's one of my favorite players in the league. Oh. And I guess I, I feel what you're saying because he's given everything to that franchise, but yet I think it's just inevitable that he's just going to leave one way or another. And yeah. I just want to get your opinion on the small markets and keeping you know star players for their duration because I just don't see that really being in the cards you know for in the future. Um, yeah, if he does leave, and even you know the Ben Simmons situation, it's different, but still, I mean, that's you know another you know team that drafted him. He's leaving that home team, and then you know there's sort of Zion. He's expressed his unhappiness too. I mean, it's just a bummer to kind of see these. The goal of the draft is to get you know teams that don't do well, give them talent, and then they want to leave after a certain amount of time, even though that the star players with that franchise do, they try to make it work. So do you think this is going to be kind of, if Damian does leave, do you think kind of the shoe drops, like there's Donovan Mitchell in Utah, um, even, you know, somebody like, I, even though he was the MVP, like the Joker in Denver, like in my neck of the woods. I mean, yeah, it, it could just be a shift in terms of these players looking for bigger markets. If it's not working out in a smaller market, where do you, where do you fall on that? Yeah. I, I like, that it's a serious issue, right? Like I'm in a smaller market. If I mean, people can in the NBA, like Sacramento is actually pretty big, but like, yes, like in the NBA, it's a smaller market and getting free agents to come here is already hard because it's a smaller market, but it's also hard because it's a losing culture, right? So you have to change and turn that thing around, but you're not going to have a winning culture unless you have some of the best players in the league. And if you're not going to get those best players within free agency, like what you're always going to start from square one in the, in the draft, you know, with a rookie, that's just, that's not, that's not realistic. So now you're, you just talked about Zion too. You're talking about these players that are getting, going to get offered these super max contracts. And the whole point of the super max contract is to be like, look, we can pay you the most out of any team out here. So stay with us and you'll yeah. make all this money. But then what these players are starting to do is take that super max contract, sign it, and then ask for a trade, demand a trade, say, I want out. I'm not happy. And 
their unhappiness makes sense, but it seems very unfair to some of these small markets. So I think it's something that the league is actually going to look at probably throughout this year and then maybe go into it in the off season. They're going to have to talk to uh, the, the players union and all of that and try and figure something out what's going to work. Because I mean, me and my podcast partner Deuce, we were kind of talking about like, what if there's a way like, okay, you get the super max if you sign with that market, mm-hmm. but if you leave or get traded or let's say, let's say you, you want to leave after you know, however many years, two years, one year, like you get some of that super max money taken away or something. I don't know what the answer is because I'm more on the player side. I'm definitely a player's person. I am not like rich owners person. You know what I mean? It's like, I get your money. Let's go. I love it. I want to see it more. But at the same time, they're going to have to find something that works for everyone, all the players, all these teams, because being in a small market, you you just you get screwed a lot, and you need to see more winning in this in these markets. Like even for Milwaukee, it was yeah. really cool to see them win it that was. championship, and it was cool to see how they won. You know, with the way that they developed Giannis and everyone, Chris Middleton, and all these other guys around. It was, I mean, obviously they traded for Drew Holiday, who is an elite point guard in this league, an elite defender, but like. That's they they played the game well. It was fun to watch, good basketball, and you just want to see that happen more. They're gonna to have to figure out a few things. Yeah, I feel you. I think the Bucks was a was a positive, and even the Warriors. I mean, yeah. you know, all their success they they drafted all those players um, before yeah. Durant got there. So I think there are you know good signs of teams are rewarded for drafting correctly. Um, I want to ask you about the element of the pandemic in terms from a basketball perspective, with not only Kyrie, but it seems like you know COVID is just going to be a thing in terms yeah. of the just the rest of our lives in terms of, you know, players missing games. How do you figure that in terms of, you know, not only, you know, players being you know punished for not being vaccinated, not only that, because it seems to be, you know, if boosters are a factor, how's that going to factor in, in terms of the negotiations and how that works, but just in terms of, you know, this is another reason for players to miss games, you know, if they come into close contact with somebody or they happen to unfortunately get COVID-19, it's just going to be an issue affecting, you know, the teams and affecting the outcome of the, of the playoffs. So where's your kind of mindset there? Is, 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 am I overblowing this in terms of this being an added element in terms of, you know, players missing games? Or do you think it'll kind of adjust itself and it won't be that big of a deal? It, it's hard to say. But as of right now, with <laughs> there's still so many places in this country where ICUs are just full, right? And like yeah. people go, people out there will be like, oh, it's not that big of, you know, people aren't dying. Well, it's pretty serious if you're in an ICU, right? And so like, that's most likely not going to happen to some of these NBA players, but then there's families involved. There's other, there's just so many, there's so many people that, need to be cared about here. And that's why when it comes to all of this, there's still going to be issues, whether it's with even coaching, coaching staff. Yeah. Um, there's, you look at these NBA organizations, you know, I work close with the Kings and just seeing how many people in like basketball ops and all these different places, like it can come from 
anywhere it seems like at times and that's why even with everything that's happening with Kyrie I think I saw right before I came on here that he will be missing the oh, yeah. home opener is it the home opener or is it the I think so I think it's the home okay. opener yeah you're correct okay. so it sounds like he'll be missing the home opener um because obviously he has decided not to get vaccinated and with New York's laws that's just not going to work and it will work in other cities but do the nets want to work with that do they want a part-time Kyrie Irving and so that's something that they're going to have to decide it's it just it sucks for a lot of these teams who just want everyone to be a team player and just like care about each other fully and like not be selfish together so it's a it's a tough thing it's a strange thing that we're all seeing and going through and yeah it's it's gonna be a problem this year but I I have a feeling it's gonna be a lot less of a problem than it was last year. I hope so. It seems the, the vaccination numbers are up. It's yeah. that, you know, vocal minority and even players that are not thrilled about getting the, the vaccine. Andrew Wiggins, he just, yeah. so I think ultimately players are just, you know, they'll suck it up and get it just to not have their lives just be miserable because I think the NBA is going out of their way to put all these roadblocks if you're not vaccinated. So I think you're right. I think the players were just kind of this, just suck it up and just get it, <laughs> even begrudgingly. And it's so weird because so many people see it as like, and not so many, but you know, there's the some people will see it as like, oh man, these roadblocks that they're giving to these players that won't get vaccinated, it's unfair. But it's also unfair to not not be a team player and make sure that everyone is safe in that yeah, locker room. So sure. like you you have to take these steps. Yeah and do these things if you if you want to choose not to take the vaccine. And that is where it's fair. But also, it's going to get a little wild, too, because I think I saw Shams tweet out something about Canada's laws. And if you are an unvaccinated player in Toronto, when you're playing in Toronto, it's going to be like, you cannot leave your oh, hotel yeah. room. I think I think you can go play in the actual game, but you cannot leave your hotel room otherwise that. And so, again, it feels like you're on this weird lockdown, but you're also in Canada. So there's yeah. different rules that you have to follow. And it would just seem easy to be like, yeah, everyone just get the vaccine. But, you know, so many people just have their different reasons and thoughts, I guess, not to get it. But hoping hoping it turns the corner and teammates can get through to some of these guys. Yeah, I hope so, too. And I hope this with city to city is just a little bit consistent because, where I get confused is when you have opposing players, they don't have to get it. It's just, they have all these barriers, but the home city, they have to get the vaccine. It's just, yeah. everybody's a human being. I don't, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're the opposing team, like you still have, yeah. you're still more, you're still susceptible of getting the, the virus. So it's just, it's just weird in terms of some of these cities, just the inconsistent rules that they have to follow. It's going to, it's going to be weird. That, that yeah. part of all of this is going to be weird. And I think, I think like people testing positive for it. And so hopefully that's something that just like slows down and we don't see so many players in health and safety protocols for two weeks or anything. You know, that's the one yeah. thing that I'm hoping that shifts. But again, like there's a variant. You just don't know what's going to happen. That's true. Um, Morgan, before we let you go, um, I want to get your opinion on who, who you got winning the MVP. Um, there's a lot of good candidates. Who, who are you feeling? Is it kind of the usual suspects or are you kind of expecting kind of a dark horse to surprise everybody? I, you know what I think would be cool? And I 
think it can be. I think it can be Kevin Durant. If he can stay healthy um, throughout the season, like his comeback season, him coming back and playing the way that he did, like what, even with that, we're sit. I feel like we can sit here today and be like, yeah, he's the best player in this league. Now it's really going to determine on how healthy he can really stay and how much like, and I say health, but also, you know, are the nets, the type of team that are going to be like, Oh man, we have to rest him more. Cause we are going to be going deep into the postseason. I hope we don't see that because I want to see, I hope there's more seriousness, you know, when it comes to these regular ser- regular season games, because sure. now with the playing games, you really only have six spots that solidify a playoff berth, right? And sure. and then after that, it goes into the play-in. So hopefully they take all these regular season games seriously so then a player like Kevin Durant can, you know, shine night after night after night and show why he should be the MVP. It's an excellent point. Not that if Kyrie ends up missing all those home games, I mean, more of the low's going to fall on him. So it'll give, you know, more chance for him to shine. So I think that opportunity will probably be here, be there. So um, I'm not surprised you picked him as a huge favorite. I think he's he's going to be in contention to say the least. Yeah. Um, Morgan, thanks for joining the show. Really appreciate it. Can you let our viewers and listeners know where they can find you on social media, um, where they can find your podcast and anything else you're working on as well? Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Momo Reagan. That's R-A-G-A-N. And then you can also find our podcast. We're on every single week just go subscribe so you can get all the notifications but just search the deuce and mo podcast on youtube on twitch on apple podcast spotify anywhere you find your podcast you can find the deuce and mo podcast awesome morgan this has been a fun chat hopefully you can have you on again get deuce on and get matt on and we can uh, chop it yes. up again and just see how the how the season's progression would love to you just let us know awesome thanks morgan really appreciate it thank you